Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or check out the KPL News app where you can send a message to the show and you can ask anybody, ask Billy in Church Point because he likes to message in almost every day and be part of the conversation. You can too. Go to your app store, download the KPL News app if you haven't already and if you have, then use that chat feature. Let us know your thoughts here on the show. We've got a debate to recap. I know you've been hearing about it all day, but it's not so much about my thoughts. I want to know y'all's thoughts on it. I know a lot of y'all watched it. A lot of y'all have heard clips. A lot of y'all have heard takes on it. What are your thoughts on last night's debate? And, And as I mentioned, I think it was yesterday, as I mentioned... I know a lot of y'all have made up your minds already. A lot of y'all are very much going to be voting for Donald Trump. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's very likely Donald Trump won that debate last night because he wasn't on the stage. Fox, forget what the candidate said for a moment. Fox News put on a terrible, terrible production there. From the moderators to the acoustics to the setup, it was bad. It was just a bad, bad production. I'm just, if you've ever gone to school for broadcast journalism or for television production or anything like that, uh, they teach you the basics of acoustics, of what types of mics to use in what situation, how to control mics. There is a control panel, there's a control board where the mics are controlled. For example, here in the studio, We have certain mics where if the mic across the room is on and my mic is off, you're still not going to hear me very well because the mic is not picking up a whole lot. But the the room is set up in such a way that the sound is it comes across. okay when the mics are working properly, the Reagan library is magnificent a place as it is. The Reagan Library has terrible acoustics, so you need the right equipment, the right microphones, the right setup, the right person running the control board, and you didn't have that. So all of the crosstalk that you hear on the stage at night is just terrible, and it really showed. And the interesting thing, the interesting thing is that We know it's possible to put on a good production, even at a place with terrible acoustics like that, because CNN did it in 2015 for the Republican debate with more people on the stage, and yet it didn't sound as bad as it did last night. It was just a terrible, terrible production. Now, like I said, probably Donald Trump won because he wasn't on the stage, but of the people who were on the stage... It's very clear that it's time to get rid of some of them. If you're not sold, if you're not sold on who's who that you want to vote for in the primary when it comes through Louisiana, I think our primary is in March, our Republican presidential primary is in March. If you're not sold on who to vote for, uh, last night, it became very obvious some people don't need to be on there. Doug Burgum does not need to be on there. He's got some interesting ideas. He says some interesting things. But Doug Burgum doesn't need to be on that stage. 
He's polling at 1%. I'm not sure how he got on the stage in the first place. The ones who weren't on there, Will Hurd, Asa Hutchinson, uh, Larry Elder. Uh, Larry Elder can go back to doing uh, the, the commercials you hear during our national programming. Larry Elder doesn't need to be running for president. None of those guys need to be running. Doug Burgum, Asa Hutchinson, Will Hurd, Larry Elder, some of these others, they just need to back out. There's no reason for them to be there. Of the ones who remain, Chris Christie is hoping to be able to survive through New Hampshire and through New Jersey, and then that'll be it. He's he's not slated to win those. He wants to win the East Coast states. He wants to win New Hampshire. He wants to win New Jersey. I'm not sure that the path is there for him. Uh, it's time probably for Tim Scott to bow out. Tim Scott has been on the decline. He did not have a very good debate performance in the first debate. He was a little more assertive last night, but also uh, didn't really show out very well. Mike Pence did not have a, a very good performance last night, in my opinion. He was uh, he's still fighting for Mike time. He did that in the first debate, and actually because of that, he dominated and got a little more exposure, but he hadn't gone anywhere in the polls, and he got less Mike time last night. Even in the crosstalk, did not do very well it's probably time for Mike Pence to go. So who does that leave? In reality, who does that leave? That leaves Vek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. You put those three and Trump on a stage, you have a Republican primary that I think is interesting to listen to. Trump immediately afterwards said, we don't, the RNC should cancel all the rest of the debates, we don't need this. We need to train our, fi- our, our fire on corrupt Joe Biden. Now, of course, he, he, his campaign released that statement, well, I'm pretty sure they're still planning more ad buys against Ron DeSantis because that's what they've been spending their money on is Ron DeSantis, not Joe Biden. But of the ones who should still, who still deserve a shot on the stage, you know, Chris, Christie had a, a good point last night. Um, he had this point that the American people do deserve to see the candidates up on stage. And he attacked Trump in the process. He said Trump needs to be at one point. He had a very cringeworthy line where he said Donald Trump more like Donald duck. Cause he's ducking the debates. That was a cringy, cringy line. It was awful. It didn't land. Well, you can tell when a line lands well for Chris Christie. If you ever see him when he's not standing behind a podium, you all you can see him flip his tie. He flips the bottom of his tie. And that's when he's pleased with the response from a line. He looked dead at the camera and said Donald Duck instead of Donald Trump, and it, it didn't land. And you could kind of tell he he wasn't flipping his tie. He he wasn't happy with the lack of response that one got. But he did have a point in that in a primary, whether or not you're settled on a candidate, you should be able to see what the candidates have to say, what they're fighting for, what what they believe in. And last night, between the crosstalk, you got a little of that. I think the most noteworthy thing is that Vivek Ramaswamy's, uh, his, his internal polling clearly showed he didn't come off well in the first debate. And so he tried to play nice in the second debate. But everybody else's polling showed that they did really well when they attacked Ramaswamy, so they attacked him more last night. He can't win for losing. Ramaswamy is just not a great candidate. He is still very much a chat GPT candidate. And uh, Nikki Haley pointed out last night uh, very accurately that 
you know, during the segment where he's talking about the addictive nature of social media, Vivek Ramaswamy is also encouraging Republicans to go to TikTok to let their message be heard. It was a very, very odd uh, exchange. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Speaking. There's one person ahead, on this. This is infuriating because TikTok <laughs> is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say <laughs> because I can't believe you know, they hear you've Haley, got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. <laughs> that means they can get your contacts, they can get your financial information, they can get your emails, they can Let get me just text say, messages, they can get all I, this of is these important. things. This is China very important. Exactly what they're this doing. is very important for our party, and I'm going to say you've it. gone and you've we helped China stop. build medicines in China, not America. Me. You are now wanting kids to go and get on the social media that's dangerous for all of no. us. You went and you were in business with the Chinese that gave Hunter Biden $5 million. We can't trust you. We so can't me, trust you. We can't have Nikki Haley's at her best when she is going in on confrontations like that. I think there was... It was the fracking comment, the energy comment against Ron DeSantis. That didn't land well. It got fact-checked to hell because it wasn't entirely accurate. But her other attacks, particularly that one, landed pretty well with the crowd and with Republicans across the country. Looking at responses from across the country, that part did land well. And she's right. Vivek Ramaswamy has ties. I mean, he was a, he, he was a, a George Soros fellow. His businesses have ties to the Chinese. Uh, and he is out there promoting Republicans using TikTok, which is a highly addictive app for teens, for kids, and has the ability to really scrape a lot of your personal data. She was very right about that. Chris on the app uh, chimes in, says he didn't like uh, Vivek all that much. He was kind of like Rodney King asking, can't we all just get along? And he's right on that one. It was not uh, it, it, he just did not have a good performance. And so I think that you're probably, I think you got a, maybe a little bit of a rise in the polls after the first debate. I don't think you're going to see that happening here. He d- just didn't come across very well. So we'll see on that one. Uh, it, it's, it's very, it's, it was a very interesting, it was a poorly produced debate, but it was also interesting. I think the worst part of it though, was probably the moderators. I'm going to get to that. Uh, in just a minute. So your comments on the app, Mike, I see you checking in. I'll get to your comments when we get back. If you want to call in 232-1542, be part of the conversation there. You absolutely can. Let's take this break. We'll be back here in just a moment on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You guys are very active on the app chat today. Clearly, you've got stuff to say If you don't want to use the app chat, though, you can call in. 232-1542 is the number. Uh, Mike, Mike in Bro Bridge pointing out that um, that he thinks, he he didn't watch the entire thing, but thinks Nikki Haley probably won. But he's also right. He points out that a lot of it seemed like children fighting. and I think that's that's a good point. It it didn't come across well. That's really a moderator problem. Um, the moderators weren't good. Dana Perino was okay up until that whole Survivor style question. Uh, thank thank goodness Ron DeSantis kind of stood up and and led the entire stage and kind of revolting against that one because that was just awful. Um, Boomer on the app pointing out. Uh, 
He thought it was just a bunch of people running for vice president. I'll, I'll tell you this. I've heard that comment a lot, uh, thinking that people are running for uh, vice president or a cabinet position. None of the egos on the stage are running for vice president or a cabinet position. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, they all really and truly want to be the president. I don't think they're going to settle uh, as Donald Trump's vice president. I've mentioned before, Ron DeSantis can't. Both he and Trump have the same residential state, so the, the electoral votes of that state wouldn't count. That would take out a ton of electoral votes that the Republicans would need. So Ron DeSantis can't be Trump's vice president or vice versa. Not that either man wants the other to be on the ticket with them. Uh, but none of them want to uh, work for uh, Donald Trump. Some of them don't want to work for Donald Trump again. But the moderators, the moderators made the whole thing unwatchable. There was no reason for a leftist reporter from Univision to be on that stage trying to push candidates to the left. Uh, one of Ron DeSantis' best moments in the night was pushing back on the whole uh, the, the Kamala Harris thing, the 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 reporter asked about Ron DeSantis saying that uh, talking about the, the good side of slavery, the the positive impact of slavery. And he straight up refuted that, said that is not what happened. That is a Kamala Harris hoax. And uh, Tim Scott joined in uh, with the moderator on that one and, and kind of pushed back and, and is still kind of accusing Ron DeSantis of saying that when he didn't say that. And in fact, it was just part of the curriculum, which, by the way, was written uh, with the help of African-American academics. But Ron DeSantis did push back against that. That was a, a pretty important part of the debate to push back against that Univision uh, reporter who also asked uh, about uh, hate crimes against the LGBTQ community to ask that to Mike Pence, which is important because he's probably the most evangelical person on the stage. So that's who you would go after with that style of question. It was just very clear that the debate questions were written specifically for specific candidates, and a lot of them were actually written to cause candidates to go after uh, one another. It's a combination of just inept production and malicious question writing that made for a really, really bad production. All right, let's take this break. We've got our commodities report coming up. After the break, some of your other news of the day, we'll get to that and, of course, your thoughts, 232-1542, or uh, through the app, the KPL News app. Just select the Joe Cunningham Show there. Share your thoughts. We'll be back in just a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the uh, number if you want to be part of the conversation by the way uh just getting a note from uh from Steph uh on the app there appears to be a traffic slowdown on I10 westbound I'm not seeing anything on the map right now and I'm not seeing anything on the alert I saw something earlier on I10 eastbound uh but if you guys are seeing something please let me know again you can use that app to let me know and I will try to keep those uh, keep y'all updated as we uh, as we get through there. All right, so a couple more comments to uh, get to Billy and Church Point pointing out uh, some of the questions from the moderators were statements, and there's a whole lot again of the crosstalk that's in the debate last night, the Republican debate. If you miss that uh, debate, you probably actually didn't miss all that much. Let's be honest, um, but it's. It was something that 
we all still needed to experience. And I'm glad that if you watched it, we all took this journey through the poop show together. Um, now, at the same time that all of this is going on, we've still got the government shutdown stuff going on. And Kevin McCarthy, as predicted, is looking for a way to get a continuing resolution through, but also add uh, funding for border patrol, for funding for the southern border on that. And he wants to do it to try to get conservatives on board. House Republicans rejected a stopgap continuing resolution uh, that increases the odds of a government shutdown. There's not all that many options left between now and a shutdown, which, by the way, I didn't know this. Uh, uh, like 2% of Louisiana's workforce is federal employee. Uh, most of the the uh, military bases uh, in the state and also a lot of Department of Ag, uh, Department of Agriculture workers. So about like 18,000 or something like that, federal workers in the state of Louisiana, about 2% of the workforce, uh, folks would be furloughed. They would not receive pay while there's a shutdown going on, but more often than not, there is back pay. Uh, Congress does not uh, ignore the folks that were furloughed. There is back pay to help recoup some of what was lost there. But let's be honest here. We do spend too much. We do need to cut back on government spending. We do need to cut back on what Congress is adding each and every year. And it's really a shame that we don't. It's really a shame that we don't have more people in Congress who look at this and are floored by it, floored by the chaos that really comes with overspending. I'm kind of taken aback. And I know I shouldn't be. I know I shouldn't be, but I, I am taken aback oftentimes by the folks who go to Congress or go to the Senate and they are, they, they run as the most fiscal conservative possible. They talk about all this stuff. And even though I know it's going to happen, I know each and every time that it's going to happen. And I'm still disappointed. I'm still let down. It's just mind-boggling. All right, so real quick, 18-wheeler uh, on fire a little bit before Butler Rose heading westbound. Uh, there's also, uh, I'm getting a couple comments in. Uh, traffic I-10 westbound at the I-49 overpass about 30 minutes ago, which might explain actually why the cameras, the traffic cameras at I-49 and I-10 are down because I couldn't pull those up earlier. Uh, so keep an eye out on westbound. Uh, there seem to be some issues on I-10 westbound. If you're heading into town, uh, do be careful about that. Just getting those in, trying to keep that up with y'all. So the government shut down. Here's my here's what I'm I'm worried about. I know Kevin McCarthy's not a fiscal conservative. 
If you've been listening to me long enough, you know that I got some feelings about Kevin McCarthy and none of them are positive. And I can't share my thoughts on Kevin McCarthy because the FCC SWAT team would jump in through the window behind me into the studio, throw a flashbang and and knock me down to the ground. My thoughts on Kevin McCarthy are not great. He's not a fiscal conservative, but he has told fiscal conservatives that he is going to give them the opportunity to make the House more fiscal conservative. But here we are at a government shutdown, at the brink of one, and he wants to pass a continuing resolution. Now, there is an argument to be made, and I think Chip Roy was one of the ones making it, that a continuing resolution isn't the worst idea as long as we just don't keep doing it. Let's do a a short stopgap measure to get us to, like, November. And in the meantime, we pass these appropriations bills. McCarthy wants to try to repeat what he did a couple months ago uh, with Joe Biden on uh, passing a plan and then telling the Biden White House, okay, it's your turn to come to the table. Because he did that once, and the White House blinked. But then what happened? Kevin McCarthy went and cut a deal with the White House, and the deal was terrible. By the way, thank you to Louisiana Congressman Garrett Graves for being part of that terrible deal. It was awful. Kevin McCarthy got a lot, so much egg on his face, so much uh, uh, blowback on that, he walked away from the, he stopped touting the deal. I know that Kevin McCarthy was speaking to Republican groups on conference calls, including friendly media groups, trying to explain why it was so important that, that they support this. He desperately wants to cut a deal and he wants to add border security to a continuing resolution to say, hey, I'm conservative. I'm on your side. My worry is that Kevin McCarthy is going to look conservatives in the face while stabbing them in the back. Kevin McCarthy wants power. He wants influence and he's going to do whatever he can to have both. Kevin McCarthy may just be the dog that caught the mail truck. And he has no idea what to do with it now. He's got no clue. He has the speakership. He has everything he wants. What's next? Is he actually going to lead? I don't think so. I think he's trying, but I don't think I don't think he actually had a plan here. And it's showing. The Republicans can win a government shutdown fight. You may not think that. I know a lot of folks, the Democratic Party is fine letting McCarthy struggle because they think a government shutdown will hurt Republicans more than them. And right now it may, but that's not because the government shuts down. It's because the Republicans don't have a plan. Conservatives have a plan. The Chip Roy's and some of the others have a plan. Matt Gates doesn't have a plan. Matt Gates' plan is to be uh, as obtuse as possible, stop Kevin McCarthy, and run for governor of Florida. That's Matt Gates' plan. But Chip Roy and some of the other fiscal conservatives, they have a plan. They want to get back to passing appropriations bills. They don't want continuing resolutions. They don't want overbloated omnibus budgets. They want proper appropriations process as it was meant to be. But the problem is Kevin McCarthy is not doing a whole lot to help them out in that. 
Kevin McCarthy, like always, wants to govern by crisis. He wants to wait until we're at the brink of disaster and then pass something. The problem is he doesn't have the power and influence and the allies right now to help him do that. We're likely going to get to a government shutdown. The government is probably going to shut down. And there will be people who will hurt because of it. And there will be people who were angry because of it. But it's 2023. The Democrats think they can use this as a winning issue in 2024. It's still 2023. We're still over a year away from a presidential election. We're still over a year away from the House running, from every House member running again and Democrats trying to win House seats and win back the House. We're still over a year away from the Democrats in the Senate trying to expand their power. And oh, by the way, Kirsten Sinema hasn't decided whether or not she's running, and Kari Lake is going to announce on October 10th that she is running for Senate. Keep that in mind. I don't know if the Democrats realize they don't actually have a winning issue here. They may have something that disgruntles the American populace, but it's going to be forgotten by next year. But in the short term, there's going to be some chaos. There's going to be a lot of uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth, and it's going to be primarily Democratic constituencies. And the Republicans don't have a plan. The Republicans will get some egg on their face because they do not have a plan. And it's absolutely insane that Kevin McCarthy has gone this long without there being a plan. It's not like this was a surprise. We knew that we were on the brink of a government shutdown. We knew that funding was running out, and he waited until the last minute to govern by crisis, except he lost his allies. He lost his support. With Republicans like these, who needs Democrats? Because we're going to get something shoved down our throat that the Democrats will like and, Rep- and conservatives will hate. And the Republicans will be like, hey, we, we negotiated in good faith. 232-1542 is the number. Let me look into this issue on I-10 at I-49. I'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Will, that one's for you. Our primus bumper of the day since Will asked for it on the KPL app. By the way, just letting you know, uh, I did look at the DOTD cameras uh, near Whiskey Bay. Uh, the cameras on Whiskey Bay, uh, they are showing a vehicle fire and traffic is at a complete standstill over there. I've got the uh, I've got the camera pulled up, the DOTD cameras. I mean, you can just see from Whiskey Bay on back to Rama, uh and beyond the the traffic is at a complete stop uh if you are if you are outside of this area but you're heading i-10 westbound toward the basin bridge you need to find an alternate route because traffic is just absolutely stopped there you're not going to be able to get to uh get to lafayette via the basin bridge i mean it's just it's just shut down right now um got scott uh in scott is filling us in uh, with some uh, some info from the bridge as well. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on that. We'll let you know. Uh, but I-10 westbound starting around uh, 
starting around the Butte Rose, Whiskey Bay area, it's shut down. Find another way to get to Lafayette if you are heading this way. Mike on the app. The requirements to be a politician are how to lie with complete confidence, since a bit of truth in Trump and Nikki, the rest, I just feel like they're not speaking with what they really feel. I mean, to an extent, Mike, that's kind of where we are with our politicians. We the, Let's remember, politician, the first job is get elected, the second job is get reelected, the third job is to raise money, and the fourth job is to maybe represent people. Um. They are going to flip-flop. They are going to change their beliefs a bit. They're going to moderate their beliefs a bit. Whether they are running for president, whether they are running for Congress or Senate or whatever it is, they are going to be self-serving in a lot of their rhetoric. Some of them truly do believe in what they say, and I, I don't think that anybody on that stage is lying. I don't think that Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or even Chris Christie and Mike Pence are lying. But they all have to try and kind of subtly manipulate the truth a bit. Keep in mind, Mike Pence is referring to our administration. He's talking about the the Trump administration. He says our administration, but he's talking about the Trump administration. He wants you to vote for him even though he's running as a successor to Trump's administration, but he hates Trump. Nikki Haley is trying to bring back the good times from when she was the governor of South Carolina. Ron DeSantis is trying to use his record as governor of Florida. But none of those things actually truly matter on the federal level. I mean, the executive experience is nice. But all these candidates have to kind of subtly twist things. That's just the nature of politics. But we really do need to do a better job of, I think, narrowing down this field. All right, guys, that's it for me. Again, if you're on I-10 westbound coming toward Lafayette, avoid the Basin Bridge if you can because traffic's at a standstill. Otherwise, you guys have a fantastic day. I'll be back in 23 hours to round out the week here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast will be up shortly, so go to uh, go to JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. Check out the podcast there. Talk to you guys again soon here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Talk 96.5 KPL.